MSW Media. The Daily Beans would like to thank Fight Camp for their support. Fight Camp gives you the best workout at your convenience with world-class programming, elite trainers, and premium equipment. You can learn boxing and kickboxing at home. The time to join Fight Camp is now. Purchase this month and get an additional pair of gloves for free at joinfightcamp.com beans. And a big thanks to Real Paper for supporting Daily Beans. Their products are made without cutting down any trees. Sign up for a subscription, get 30% off your first order at real, R-E-E-L, paper.com slash dailybeans or use code dailybeans at checkout. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. Today, new information in the seven-state conspiracy comes to light. The Senate is set to debate voting rights today. A fragile Florida man who lost by 59 points refuses to concede and files a man-baby lawsuit. And Matt Gates's ex-girlfriend did get that immunity deal in exchange for her testimony. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana, how are you today? Hey, gee, I don't know if it's something in the air. I don't know if the listeners <laughs> feel this way. I could nap. I could go to sleep right now. It's 4.35 in the afternoon and wake mm-hmm. up tomorrow. Yeah, same. So everybody think back to yesterday. Were you just not into it? Because I'm just not like today. I'm like, I, I'm just like you. I could go to, to bed right now. Yeah, But we're performers. We're going to turn it up. We're going to give you the news. You're going to like it. We're going to make it fun. <laughs> give it gonna, to you and you're going to like it. We're going to curse, gonna swear about it. And then probably take a real long nap. <laughs> and then probably go to bed. <laughs> Maybe hit the early bird special at Denny's. Yeah. And then I'm going to nap the fuck out of it. Here we go. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Have some peas, some strained peas, and then go to go the fuck. Oh, too far. Just a step too far. (laughs) All right. Okay. Sorry. I'll dial it back a little bit. (laughs) But we do have some really fucking cool news today. We do. That I'm excited about. And later in the show, I'm going to talk to Joanna Sweat from Common Defense. That is the nation's largest grassroots membership organization for progressive veterans. It's amazing. It's going to be a great chat. But we do have we do have a lot of actually really big news for a holiday. So let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Big news for a holiday. Like I said, from Michael Kaplan at CBS, prosecutors did grant immunity to an ex-girlfriend of Representative Matt Gates before she testified last week in front of a federal grand jury in the Middle District of Florida, hearing evidence in the investigation of the congressman. And that's according to a source familiar with the matter. Now, Gates has been under investigation to determine if he violated sex trafficking laws and obstructed justice in that probe. Gates has previously denied all wrongdoing and said he never paid for sex nor had sex with an underage girl. The woman, who CBS is not naming to protect her privacy, testified in front of the federal grand jury in Orlando last Wednesday. She is viewed as a potential key witness, according to two sources familiar. One of the sources said she has information related to the investigation of both the sex trafficking of minor and the obstruction of justice allegations. Quote, this may be a willing participant who has a smart lawyer who sought an immunity deal from the government, said former prosecutor, CBS News legal analyst Ricky Kleiman. The government does not give immunity blindly. They know what they're getting in exchange. Right. You get a queen for a day proffer thing. Right. You just tell us everything. 
we'll we'll tell you if it's worth it to us. And this definitely is whatever this ex-girlfriend has, whatever information she has. It probably can corroborate Greenberg testimony, you know, that says that he sex trafficked women and possibly a minor. And that, you know, that she, she was on the three way call. Yeah, that's a big that's a big piece of it. You know, where he, where he and her tried to tell the the minor who was then 18 to keep her mouth shut and recorded it and she can testify to it. Slam fucking dunk, right? Now, Isabel Kirshner, an attorney for Matt Gates, told CBS in a statement last week, we have seen no credible basis for charge against Congressman Gates. We remain steadfast in our commitment to challenge any allegations with the facts and law. <laughs> okay, good luck. Yeah. A source told CBS News last week that as part of an obstruction probe, investigators are looking into whether Gates had that three-way call with the ex-girlfriend and another woman who is already a witness in the federal investigation. So she'd be corroborating her story, too. Multiple sources told CBS News the ex-girlfriend and the other woman traveled to the Bahamas with Gates in 2018, along with a third woman whom Gates was in a sexual relationship with. That third woman was 18 at the time of the Bahamas trip, but investigators are looking into whether she was 17 when the sexual relationship began. Two sources familiar with the matter told CBS it was Joel Greenberg, former Florida County tax collector and associate of Gates, who introduced Gates to the woman when she was 17. Greenberg pleaded guilty in May of 2021. Man, that's a long time ago. To six federal charges, including trafficking a minor. Brought down from 33 charges he was charged with. So <laughs> crazy. I mean, yeah. Uh, I just want this to happen. I know. This is like one step closer, right? So I'm so glad I drafted Maddie for my fantasy indictment team this week. Smart She's move. Very smart quarterback. move. Okay. Let's get into this story. Frustrating, to say the least. Senate Democrats plan to press ahead this week with an effort to push new voting rights protections through Congress. In an all-but-doomed attempt to enact a key piece of President Joe Biden's agenda that has been undercut by members of his own party. Who could that be? Hmm. Hmm. Not hmm. special. The Senate on Tuesday <laughs> will begin to debate legislation that combines two separate bills already passed by the House, which are the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, and it folds them into an unrelated measure. Now, the move would allow the Senate to bring the bill directly to the floor, avoiding an initial filibuster. So that's what this would change. But that strategy would still allow Republicans to block it from coming to a final vote. And Democrats, unfortunately, lack the unanimous support needed in their own party to change Senate rules to muscle through the legislation themselves. So still, Chuck Schumer, the majority leader right now, maybe that will change. Listen, <laughs> I've got opinions. Said late last week that Democrats would forge ahead anyway, forcing Republicans to publicly declare their opposition to the bill. I know they say this, but sometimes I'm like, that's eh, not enough. Okay. Yeah. Like who cares? Nobody who gives, gives a shit, shit if they oppose it. They say it out loud. We know this. Yeah, All right. They're fucking fascists. We, we can't vote. Hello. Yeah. This is from Tim Kaine. This is a quote. We all have to be recorded at this moment in time about where we are in protecting the right to vote. That's what he said. He said that to CBS on Face the Nation on Sunday. You think Ted Cruz, who like licked Trump's butthole on national television, gives a shit about his legacy? No. <laughs> I know, though. He's We're going to hear him say it out loud that they're against voting. Come on, get the hell out of here with that. But Tim Kaine went on to say right now it doesn't look like it has the votes to pass, but we're going to cancel our Martin Luther King Day recess and be there this week because we think it's so important for the country. Now, 
To push to proceed, even in the face of almost certain failure, reflects the party's conundrum. So facing two key defections, we know who they are in its ranks, as well as Republican opposition. Okay, so it comes days after a critical Democrat, if you want to call her that still, Senator Kirsten Sinema of Arizona emphatically announced that she would not support undermining the filibuster to pass legislation under any circumstances. And That's Joe Manchin. That's not true. I know. I know. Joe Manchin reiterated the same position. So Tim Kaine suggested on Sunday that other paths around the filibuster existed, including narrowly altering it explicitly to pass the voting rights bill and lengthening the debate time in an effort to pass the bill on a simple majority vote. But privately, Democrats have been less sanguine. I love that we'd learn new words. Less optimistic, especially after a remarkable speech delivered. And remarkable is we're using this in the what the fuck kind of yeah. definition, not amazing. Right. So how a volcano explosion is remarkable, awesome, but not in a rad way. Yeah. It's just big. This is like remarkable in a shitty, like infamous. Exactly. That's what they're calling. So that remarkable speech delivered by Miss Cinema on the Senate floor on Thursday, and that was just hours before Joe Biden was scheduled to lobby Democrats on the bill. Now, the speech in which she declared unwavering opposition to altering the filibuster, of course, it sent wave of fury through the Democratic ranks. Me too. Me included. Yeah, me included. (laughs) You know what also pissed me the fuck off is her Martin Luther King tweet today saying, we're celebrating his life. Go fuck yourself. I cannot. She's, you know, posted that John Lewis was one of her heroes. I'm like, you have sold out so far. (sighs) Namaste. I'm awake now. I'm awake. Is anyone else awake? (laughs) All right. Republicans have uniformly opposed the legislation, casting it as inappropriate federal intervention in state voting operations and a partisan exercise intended to give Democrats an unfair advantage. Yes, because if everyone has equal access to voting, Republicans would never win another election again. (laughs) I just added that into the story. That's an unfair advantage when people can vote. I know. Now, all that despite the fact that Republicans and Dems voted. I just want to repeat this. Republicans and Dems voted 98 to 0 to re-up the Voting Rights Act. Just 2006, I think. Right? Yes. So that remember when we well, they were doing the right thing and, you know, putting people's rights to vote in front of their own political you know, agenda? Not anymore. And I think 16 of those senators are still sitting senators. There's also something to be said about that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Then it was just a few weeks ago, AG Cinema voted for a filibuster carve out to raise what? The debt, debt ceiling. Standard. So she's not opposed to filibuster carve outs. She just doesn't, for some godforsaken reason, want to carve it out for this. She's a Q U N T. That's what she is. Oh, my goodness. And by now, everyone knows what I've dubbed the seven state conspiracy, in which seven states sent forged slates of electors to the National Archives and in which Pence actually had to have the parliamentarian change the language during that day. The language in 2009 was, you know, quote, after ascertainment has been had that the certificates are authentic and in correct form, the tellers will count and make a list of the votes cast by the electors of the several states. In 2013, same thing. After ascertainment has been made that the certificates are authentic and in correct form, the tellers will count and make a list of the votes cast by the electors of the several states. Same in 2017. Exactly the same. 2013, 2009, 2017, 06. In 2021, though, it changed. 
to after ascertainment has been had that the certificates are authentic and in correct form, the tellers will count and make a list of the votes cast by the electors of each state, beginning with Alabama, that the parliamentarians advise me is the only certificate of vote from that state that purports to be a return from that state that has annexed to it a certificate from an authority of that state purporting to appoint or ascertain electors. So it got a little specific. Sure did. And maybe still unclear to some people, but yeah. <laughs> got a little specific there, Mike. And and then we know Trump tweeted the evening of January 6th, 7.24 p.m. Eastern, quote, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution, giving states a chance to certify a corrected set of facts. By the way, this phrase corrected set of facts appears in Jeffrey Clark's letters to the seven states right. that your shit's fucked up. Send an alternate slate of electors. Giving states a chance to certify a corrected set of facts, not the fraudulent or inaccurate ones which they were asked to previously certify. So Trump knew about the seven state conspiracy. Mm -hmm. And we know all seven states forge elector documents are all the same. All the documents are the same. Maddow pointed that out when she looked at what American Oversight put out last March. She's like, they're all the fucking same, the same words, same font, same spacing. And now, thanks to Dempsey 2 on Twitter... Or at least that's the, that's the first place I've seen it. I'm sure maybe others have pointed this out. I, I'm not going to get into a, a who said what first you know, thing. This is where I first saw it. 27 of the people, Dana, who signed those forged elector documents, 27 of them were plaintiffs in the Kraken lawsuits brought by Sidney Powell. Oh, Jesus. And we know Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, and Arizona all had slates of false electors. But now... We can add the fact that five of the false electors in Georgia were also named plaintiffs in a Sidney Powell lawsuit pre-December 14th. That's the certification, right? That's the certification date. When you sign the electors. Yeah. Three of Michigan's 16 fake electors were plaintiffs in a November 2020 Sidney Powell lawsuit. One of Wisconsin's fake electors was a plaintiff in the Amistad Project lawsuit. And another fake elector of that state was a plaintiff in a Sidney Powell joint. In Nevada, all six fake electors were plaintiffs in the Jesse Bunnell lawsuit in Nevada. Bunnell, by the way, is a, a crack and strike force crazy person. She represented Flynn alongside Sidney Powell after he blew up his plea deal. And in Arizona, every single fake elector was a plaintiff in a pre-December 14th Sidney Powell lawsuit. That's 27 false electors that are also plaintiffs for the elite strike force. And some of them testified in Rudy's charades, whatever the fuck that was, you know, when yeah. he was like, went into a Hilton and said, we're a hearing of the Republican bleeper <laughs> and drunk lady gets up and says, look, and I even tell you what I saw. There were envelopes and boxes and they were shoving shit in there. I, I don't think she's on this fake elector stuff, but two of two of these electors were, were testifying alongside Rudy shenanigans. Twenty seven. And as you well know, Sidney Powell is under federal criminal investigation in D.C., along with Rudy, Lynn Wood, and Mike Flynn. So I think the Department of Justice is investigating the seven-state conspiracy. I have to wonder what these people were promised or given or paid. I mean... Well, she raised $14 million off the big lie and then yeah. misspent it. Did she fund the seven state conspiracy? I mean, it sure sounds like it. I'm not saying it did or didn't. It sure sounds like it. <laughs> mm. 
All right, AG. Thank you for this. And the last one. And a Florida Republican took a page out of former Donald Trump's playbook this week. I like that we called him former Donald Trump just now. (laughs) He once was a Donald Trump. So this jackass refused to concede a congressional special election that he lost by more than 59 points. Not votes, people. He lost it by 59 percentage points in one of the state's most Democratic districts. So Sheila Cheerfulis McCormick, Sheila Cheffless McCormick, and this is this is the good person, a healthcare executive who supports progressive policies like Medicare for All, the Green New Deal, and a thousand dollar per month universal basic income, earlier this week defeated Republican Jason Mariner to succeed the late Rep. Alcee Hastings, a Democrat who served more than 14 terms in Congress before wow. his death last April. Amazing. Now, Mariner, however, he refused to concede defeat despite losing the race by an overwhelming margin, roughly 79% to 20%. Almost 80. 80 Almost 80%. And he's like, I didn't lose. Listen to this fucking quote. Now they called the race. I did not win, so they say. But that does not mean that they lost either. It does not mean that we lost. I I do not eat green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. Mariner said after the race was called, and that was according to the CBS Miami. Very, very coherent statement. 80-20. We don't know if we won. We don't don't know if they lost. Did they lose? Did we lose? I don't know. It's too close to call. Mariner filed a lawsuit before polls had even closed that day, alleging problems with ballots in Palm (laughs) Beach and Broward counties. Huh. I wonder why Palm Beach and Broward County. Because they're heavily Democratic. All right. Supervisors of the election offices in Broward and Palm Beach told the outlet that it takes 14 days to certify the results, after which Mariner has 10 days to challenge them. Again, he's challenging an almost 80 to 20 loss. Now, this is the problem. Candidates do not legally have to concede defeat, as evidenced by Trump's refusal to accept his loss for more than a year and continues to. But Trump's campaign of election lies has emboldened Republican candidates to follow suit and basically stoke doubts about election results, even when they get blown out, 80 to 20. And this guy's going, oh, we didn't lose the election. Hmm, I don't know, rigged. did we lose? Did they lose? Did they it's lose? hard to tell. To call. Numbers are hard. Have you seen this guy? No. No, oh, he's such a bro. Oh, he's such, a, he's such like a jazz, you know? Yuck. All right, we'll be right back with uh, Joanna Sweat. We're going to discuss common defense. It's going to be an excellent discussion. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG here today uh, with the show sponsored by Helix Sleep. In times like these, no one wants to go to a mattress store. (laughs) It's the last thing you want to do. And is there anything worse than lying on a mattress you know like 9 million other people have tried out? Well, the salesperson asks you like weird questions. Absolutely not. And not with Helix. You order online. You receive easy, no-contact delivery, super fast. Visit helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and you can take their two-minute sleep quiz online. And Helix will match you with a mattress tailored to your sleep preferences and your body type. You can choose between soft, medium, or firm mattresses. They have mattresses that are ideal for regulating body temperature for if you sleep super hot. Uh, they have ones great for spinal alignment. Um, they even have a Helix Plus for plus-size sleepers. I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I like a medium-firm mattress and I sleep on my side. So it's perfect for me and now I wake up refreshed and energized. Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews and was awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine also recommend Helix to improve sleep. Uh, Helix has a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They even have financing and optional flexible payment plans. So a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix right now is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. 
That's Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash daily beans for up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Everybody, welcome back. I am honored today to be joined by another veteran and Arizona person. Her name is Joanna Sweat. She is the lead organizer for Common Defense in Arizona. Welcome, Joanna. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. First of all, thank you for your service. You're a Marine Corps veteran, yeah? Yes, I served nearly 10 years. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you again for that service. I was Navy, so you know we, we gave yeah. rides everywhere. That's what yes. we did. <laughs> Not in Arizona so much. Surf sucks in Arizona, but... No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to bring you on today because uh, this organization that you work for is, is truly incredible. Can you talk a little bit about Common Defense and what your mission is? Yeah, Common Defense is a grassroots organization of progressive veterans that are using their veteran identities to take back their voice, their narratives, and use it in the interest of equality and freedom for all. You know, a lot of organizations utilize veterans in a way where we're props or, um, what I like to call glad handling, you know, like clap and let's get as many veterans around us um, to celebrate whatever accomplishment may have happened. But that's not really what I'm interested in. Mm. I'm interested in taking veterans who are amazing individuals and helping them use their voice and use their experiences to share with the world on why and how we can make it better. Mm. Yeah, and I've long said as a veteran, because of my veteran status, I was able to get free college from Voc Rehab and the GI Bill. I'm, I have access to free health care. And because of those things, I am able to be a much more contributive member to society. And uh, I advocate for those things for everyone. It shouldn't, I think, should not just be for veterans. And so I think it's very powerful to take veterans and veteran voices out on grassroots campaigns to dis- to discuss these issues, especially with more independent conservative voters or uh, moderate Republican voters to discuss why these things are, are so important and how they impact our lives and how they could also help impact everyone's and, you know, all boats rise when uh, together. Right. Absolutely. You know, um, when we talk about veterans, a lot of people want to carve us out, right? And say, well, we want to do this for veterans. We want to make sure they have access to healthcare, mental health services. We want to make sure they have access to education. But what we are is a representation of our United States populace. Mm -hmm. And so we're not a carve out. We are embedded. We are Americans. And the other Americans that don't happen to serve in the United States military, deserve the same opportunities to thrive, contribute, and live in our society. And that's really important. And so using your veteran identity in that way allows you to like bring down some walls with people because people hear things Mm -hmm. and then they just hold on to them. And then they just start, you know, putting out these sound bites and sound clips all the time. And they don't really know if it's true, but they've heard it so much that they believe it. Mm-hmm. And so when they get an opportunity to actually engage a veteran, it's their opportunity to learn, okay, are they getting what the government is saying? Are they being taken care of? 
And if we keep telling you that we're not, then you better believe that they're not worried about everybody else either. Hmm. And that's just not fair. That's not the world that we want to live in. And that's not the democracy that we fought for. And we didn't fight for freedom for carve-outs for certain citizens. We fought for freedom for all. Yeah, yeah, and opportunity, right? And uh, it, it, it always seems to be, uh, particularly in veterans, know this, you know, ones who, who study it and look into it, that it is the Democrats who vote on behalf of veterans. It, it's not the Republicans. The Republicans block pretty much every single bill to raise money and and funding and programs for veterans. And they do the same for everyone else as well. And you're right, we're not a carve out. So I think it's important to be able to point those things out to folks and be like, you know, to look at what they do, not what they say. Exactly. I think that's very important. I also wanted to talk about spending money. The National Defense Authorization Act. You and I as veterans are very familiar with the NDAA. This is the massive budget bill that funds the Pentagon, funds the Department of Defense. And, And Common Defense put out a statement on the passage of the most recent National Defense Authorization Act. Can you talk a little bit about the statement from Common Defense and, and your feelings about the NDAA this year? Sure. You know, we've been living in this post-COVID world where finances seem to be the topic of conversation in our country and how we're able to thrive. And when you see something like the defense budget and what gets passed and what gets allocated even amounts that they didn't even ask for (laughs) in gross amount. Every American should wonder why. Why can't those dollars come into our communities? Why am I sitting in a parking lot in a major city that is so torn up, I can't even drive in the interior of it? Mm -hmm. But we're spending money for war. And we've been in these forever wars that have produced no positive results. We are not getting the educational investment that we need in our country. We're leaving science behind, but we're throwing money at the war machine. And that it just doesn't make sense to our organization. It doesn't make sense to most veterans, especially those of us who have participated in these forever wars. And as a Marine, the, the low branch on the totem pole for funding, to me, it's, it's so egregious. I always want to throw up when I see the defense budget because it's, it's gross and it's mm. disgusting. We have American family met people who are hungry, who cannot put food on the table, who can't put a safe roof over their family's home, but we're throwing all this money to the defense machine. Yeah. And I think that the the NDAA, well, first of all, we ended the war in Afghanistan. It should should be half as much as exactly. <laughs> what it normally is. And instead, it's $20 billion more. But there are some good provisions in the NDAA, but I feel like there's room for so much more. I think we could address climate change significantly in the National Defense Authorization Act. I mean, the military, and you know this and I know this for decades now, has been in front of climate change. We've been talking about how we're going to retrofit our bases. You know, we've used the, the climate crisis language in a lot of our policies until, of course, you know, Trump came in as president and revoked all that. 
But there are, are such good opportunities for defense budget spending because climate change is a matter of national security and defense. And, and that, that, that it's not even I mean, sort of brushed over. Now, there are, I think, SNAP provisions for mm-hmm. military members in this in this bill. And that's that's a good thing. But again, that should be for everyone. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a carve out. And like you said, especially when they've inflated a budget that is no longer necessary anymore. And what I know from the government, you know, it's it's use it or lose it. Mm-hmm. And so if they don't spend the money, they don't get the same amount the yep. following year. So spending becomes very egregious and irresponsible. And that's something that needs to be checked, you know, immediately. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And something else that really bummed me out and <laughs> bummed me out is probably not a, a good way to say this. It's, it incensed me about this particular NDAA was the watering down of Senator Gillibrand's Military Justice Act that would have given military service members a safe place to report sexual assault and harassment. And that got marked up in committee and taken away. So now commanders are still in charge of whether or not they decide to prosecute sexual harassment or assault in their commands. And I think that that was another huge missed opportunity in this bill. Oh, definitely. I know that was something that many of us were really holding on to for that justice piece to finally happen. It seemed after all the turmoil of last year, the heightened press around Vanessa Gann and Corporal Tehu. It was when I read <laughs> when it came out and I went straight to everything that had to do with the Military Justice Improvement Act. It just, you just cry because we have been fighting for so long. And I just, I hope, I hope more can can improve there and we're going to keep fighting. But yeah, that, that again is a huge loss when you see how much money is allocated to spaces that are again, unnecessary. So there's adequate funding available to create the processes that we need to protect our service members um, and allow them to get the due process and justice that they deserve, especially when it is their command, usually who is inflicting the pain and trauma onto them. And I've experienced that three times over. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. It's um, it's tough. It's just it's tough to deal with, especially you know we've been fighting it. I've been fighting it for over a decade. Yeah, I you know there's there's just so many things wrong with with military spending. The space force. Why did we need to create another silo of bureaucracy? We we had the air force was doing that job already. Exactly. And now we have another branch that we have to fit with uniforms and middle management and. Uh, signage changes and like creating a, a, a medical service for for them. And, and it's just it's it's egregious overspending bureaucracy to make money for the the, the war profiteers, honestly. Yeah. And for uh, a very eloquent president to say that he created a branch of service, <laughs> which is is not true, you know, and it, it is. He renamed part of the Air Force. That's what he <laughs> exactly. <did. laughs> And that's why people don't there. I get a lot of civilians that are like, why do you military people joke so much about the Space Force? And I'm like, because you don't understand. We've already had this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why don't we make a a medium boat Navy? Yes. <laughs> like, what the, like, we're going to have two navies, one for the carriers and then one for all the support ships in the group. Like, 
it's just the dumbest thing. Or, or you know, hey, we're going to have ground army and air army. We're going to have two different armies. Yeah. And, and so we have to pull out, create a whole silo of bureaucracy going all the way up. We have to have uh, some another new member in the Joint Chiefs. We have to have, you know, it's just like, oh, my God, this is so stupid and such a giant waste of money when so many Americans need so many things. And that's, again, it's national security. It's part of our defense. Exactly. When we are uneducated and hungry as a country and, and we aren't addressing climate, the climate crisis, that is a national security threat. Very, very much so. And, and in such a way that makes us very vulnerable mm. to people who are not our allies. Yeah, autocracies, people who want us to be an autocracy. Uh, we see it all the time. Well, this has been really an enlightening conversation. Can you tell everybody where they can find and support common defense, especially in Arizona, because this is going to be a big state for in, in elections going forward, not just this one or the next one from now on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We are organizing and mobilizing in Arizona. And if you would like to work with me and get on the ground and lace up those boots and make some changes, I'm ready to receive you. Um, You can visit our website at www.commondefense.us. In addition to our great organization, we have curriculum called the Veterans Organizing Institute. And our first in-person cohort that's kicking off post-COVID is actually going to be at the end of February here in Arizona. So if there are veterans that want to attend that curriculum and come to Arizona for four days, we'd love to have you. You can apply on the website as well. I'm available on social media. My handle's at jsweezybreezy. I'm very open to communication and engagement. And I just look forward to meeting as many veterans as I can in the state of Arizona that want to do something good for everyone. Hmm. Yes. Thank you. Lead organizer in Arizona for common defense, Joanna Sweat. Thanks for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's AG for the Daily Beans. Did you know every day tens of thousands of trees are cut down to make products like toilet paper and paper towel stuff that's discarded, flushed down the toilet, ends up in landfills? And our forests remove nearly a quarter of the carbon that we create and that we emit into the atmosphere, humans, right? And that makes forests vital fighting climate change. Uh, So you can help by using real paper. See, single-use plastics and deforestation are reduced when you use real paper. As real paper's toilet paper and paper towels are made from non-virgin tree fibers, no new trees are cut down in their production. The company also developed a sustainable alternative that preserves the health of the planet without sacrificing quality. I absolutely love my real paper. Paper towels are super absorbent. The toilet paper is awesome and soft and wonderful. It's one I, it's, I can't say enough good things about it. And it's a small but significant change that I can make, right? Real paper has already estimated more than 250,000 pieces of single-use plastic have been eliminated. And your purchase of real will also help fund clean sanitation programs across the globe. That's so important. And it's my favorite thing about real paper products. They're sustainable and they you, you using them, you help save the planet and do good instead of destroying it. And their website makes it easy for you to purchase real paper, either as a subscription or a one-time purchase. All orders are conveniently delivered to your door in a 100% recyclable plastic-free packaging. So if you head to real paper, R-E-E-L, realpaper.com slash daily beans and sign up for the subscription using code daily beans, all one word at checkout, you'll automatically get 30% off your first order. That's real paper, R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R dot com slash daily beans and enter promo code daily beans to get 30% off your first order. 
Real paper is toilet paper and paper towels that change lives. And today's show is also brought to you by Fight Camp. I'm absolutely obsessed. I love Fight Camp. You ready for your fitness goals 2022? I'm going to tell you about something that will revolutionize the way you exercise. You can train at home, the safety of your home, with the best workout in the world. It's called Fight Camp. You can learn boxing and kickboxing from home in a fun and interactive environment with the help of world-class programming, world-class elite trainers, and equipment. The combination of boxing and plyometrics provides a total body workout with cardio and strength training, high-intensity interval workout. Also, boxing sharpens your mental faculties, right? Because you have to focus and concentrate, uh, you, you know, to consider each punch and each combo. It's a perfect way to clear your mind. Forget it. You, like, it makes it go by so fast. You forget you're exercising. It's fun. You get a punching bag, boxing gloves, hand wraps, and smart punch trackers. All included with Fight Camp. And you can start boxing from home right away. This takes up less space than you think. If you have enough room to do a push-up, you have enough room for Fight Camp. And you can engage the whole family since there's no heavy weights or spinning wheels or moving parts. It's safe for kids and it's fun. It allows them to release energy, tires them out, and they learn something new. And they keep their brain sharp and they have fun. You have fun together with the fam. With Fight Camp, the workouts are so varied. I can always enjoy something fresh and new. It keeps me interested and motivated. Now's the best time to get your Fight Camp. You can take advantage of the holiday deal still going on now. If you purchase this month, you'll get an additional pair of gloves for free. Just go to joinfightcamp.com slash beans to get an additional pair of gloves for free. Again, joinfightcamp.com slash beans. One more time, joinfightcamp.com slash beans. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we're blown on good news. It's on the way. I love a good news day. So uh, we, we have just a few submissions today because one of them is really long. So if you have any that you want to send in, any good news, corrections, confessions, we want to play any games, send your Halloween photos, holiday pictures, shit kids say, whatever it is, you can send it in at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. So Dana, you're going to run with the first two today and I'll close this out. I am happy to. All right. We're going to get started with Moan Miami. Her pronouns are she and her. Queens of the beans, please enjoy our cats in hats. (laughs) The tinfoil hat is our youngest, Sunny. The calico is Scout. And Cheeto is obvious. They love you all too. And that's an adorable little cupcake cat. Look at the arms. And those cats are beautiful. No, little babies. I'm shocked that those hats are staying there. All right. Thanks for kicking us off with these adorable pictures, Mo. This next one's from Julie, pronouns she and her. Hello, Beanie Babes. The Trump presidency and the pandemic has been both good and bad effects on me and my family. First, one of the good things. I now know more at 65 years old about my country, its history, its laws, and how the legal system works than I ever knew before 2016. One bad, my daughter and her husband have decided not to have children, even though they both wanted them. The reason? The world is too unstable politically and physically. Global warming, the pandemic. This has broken my heart, but I completely understand. It's just so unbearably sad. I had looked forward to being a grandma. I have to find a way to make this positive by spreading my love in other ways. Any ideas? For pet tax, I give you one of my pups, Ollie. He has taken to destroying his Trump doll, which I used to just stick pins in like voodoo dolls. (laughs) And with one of his favorite toys, a toilet paper roll. Wasn't some of your airtime devoted to said rolls? I can't remember why. The last pick of him with one of my chickens. He honestly is kind of afraid of them, probably because they're small dinosaurs. (laughs) They are. Hope you have a great day and you fully recovered from your bout with the COVID. And just a little note, foster, oh, this is a little note. Foster grandparents are a thing. There will be a link in the wiki how 
in the show description. We're going to put that in for you. There's foster grandparents if you want to foster grandbabies. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Oh, look at oh, this. Look at the Trump dog. Oh, my goodness. And the cute that dog baby. is adorbs. Oh, so, chicken. Oh, chicken. Tiny dinosaurs. I love chickens. All right. Next up from Roberta. Pronoun she, they. To the Grand Poobah Wrangler of Flying Hope Monkeys, Queens of the Beans, and my fellow Leguminati. This one is a little jam-packed. It's got good news, some deep thoughts with Jack Handy, and some pod pet tax that might morph into what the cat. I have been a listener since the early kitchen days, so for me, this podcast has become my morning gab session with my girls while having my coffee. You have become such an intricate part of so many people's days, often being the highlight of it. Wow, Roberta. Thank you. Each member of the pod lights a fire within me that carries me forward. Amy reminds me of my nieces, and she makes me feel young at heart. She's such a sweet kid. Dana ignites the fire that inspires me to fight on behalf of my friends and family within the LGBTQ plus community and educates me daily on how to better understand those friends and family. Thank you for that. Allison, Dr. Gill, if you're nasty, <laughs> reignited that feminist fire that was set first back in my early teens. It seems that I've had Allison in my ears just about every morning for almost four years now, giving me fuel to fight. The laughter, despite being brokenhearted by what my country has become in a lot of ways. But like Cory Booker often says about our country, and I'm paraphrasing, if she doesn't break your heart, you don't love her enough. And boy, do I love her. Can I just say how awesome it is that we refer to our country as her? Apparently, according to pronouns, our country has always been a woman. <laughs> Explains how the GOP tries to fuck our country anytime it gets the chance <laughs> and doesn't get a damn about the damage they cause. All of you give me passion and drive anew, and I love you dearly. That leads me to my good news. After years of putting it off, after having an emotionally abusive partner who wasn't supportive by any means when it came to bettering myself, and being in a new relationship that's quite supportive, I've been accepted to Northeastern University's College of Professional Studies. That's college for old people, is what I think they mean, for my bachelor's in psychology. Congratulations. Northeastern was my first choice school back when I was in high school and aimed to make that my goal the second time around. Hardest question on the application, the part where I had to write an essay about myself. Kind of hard to do after being in an abusive situation for so long. I want to use my knowledge to either work for the VA in honor of my dad, who served a full 25 years, only not to not take advantage of the therapy he definitely needed for combat-induced PTSD. Dad was an SP6 medical specialist, and while in Vietnam from 67 to 68 in an ambulatory medical unit, it's heartbreaking for me to see those who are willing to give every last measure of themselves suffer because they're so underserved. So it's either the VA or Native American Affairs. Or that is another abysmally underfunded and underserved population. I wanted to get my hands dirty and help out where I can. For pod pet pick tax, I submit multiple picks from multiple cats. <laughs> there's there's Jizzy. <laughs> is it Gizzy? I, I, think, I think it's Gizzy. Okay. There's G <laughs> We're saying it's Gizzy. Jesus, A.G. I'm going to give myself an edit. No, you're not. If you If I leave in literacy <laughs> tests, you're leaving that in. <laughs> <laughs> Gizzy. <laughs> There's Gizzy, our tortie, a tortoiseshell cat, who we got in December 2019 from the Humane Society in North Carolina. She's bossy and mischievous. The funniest thing is Roberta's probably going to write in and be like, no, you were right. It's Gizzy. <laughs> <laughs> There's Smogan, the white and orange floof named by my son who has speech issues. Thus, the name being Odd. Who is our biggest cat at 25 pounds? Your guess as to his lineage. 
He also is the shyest and will hide when new people come into his home. And our newest, Smokey, the gray one with the wonky tail. We adopted her back in April when I found her in her duplex's basement laundry room after a neighbor passed away and the subtenants were evicted. Apparently, one of the subtenants was what Dana would call an asshole because they got this baby during the pandemic and ditched her when it was time to jet. Yep. She's a spitfire. I have no idea other than inconvenience why they abandoned this cutie. Well, she's ours now. They're lost. I start class Tuesday, the 18th. I'm eager to get started, but I'm terrified of the task at hand. I hope I'm up to the challenge. Thank you, ladies, for all that you do to keep the rest of us and yourselves sane, happy, and well-informed. I love you all. You mean so much to me. And take care. We'll get through this together. What a beautiful submission. Roberta, that was also quite generous to us. And you took a lot of time to just beautifully state so much of that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. A million thank yous. And look at these babies. They're beautiful. Look at this cat just sleeping by what looks to be a Nutella. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think that is Nutella. I mean, not that I would know a Nutella no, right? Bottle, but apparently, uh, what? yeah, what, what, I, what are you talking like? about? I, I, Just because I can't even see it and it's only the back label. I mean, that doesn't mean I know what Nutella looks like. Right? I don't know. <laughs> I have never seen it. I never don't even know. I don't even know. Oh my gosh, these cats are all just so wonderful. Thank you for the, all these submissions. And this pupper with the toilet paper roll is fantastic. And the Trump doll and the chicken. I love chickens. Thank you. If you have anything you want to send in, you can do it by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. Dana. Yes, dear. Do you have any final thoughts? My final thoughts is that we need to go to bed early. Okay, let's go to bed. And I hope everyone had a wonderful day. As this gets in your ears, either late at night on Monday or early in the morning on Tuesday, I hope you had a good night's sleep and that we're a little less sleepy tomorrow. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go record cleanup on all 45 now, but oh my God. we'll talk soon. I know. I won't well, rub it in that I do not. And I'm going <laughs> to... I'll go take a nap after that. Okay, but, uh... Perfect. Thank you, everybody. Until tomorrow, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.